I was looking for my soul. DJ Chauncey Dundridge gave it back to me. Hi, my name is Dr. Richard Mills, and you are listening to Talk Sex with Dick. Welcome to today's show. The music that you heard today is uh, 53 Christopher Street. By DJ Chauncey D and Van Hector. So, thank you, boys, for allowing that to be the anthem of today's show. We're really excited. You know, there's so much going on in the world, and just uh, to take time out for yourself. You know, as we dive into this episode, this is the episode where I talk and uh, about what's going on in my world, and also what's happening in the news. And uh, answering some questions from listeners. So, all right. Well, so much has happened. Me and a bunch of friends, we went up to the Catskills and took last weekend. And uh, it was interesting. Needless to say. You know, we got up there, we woke up at like 7 o'clock and said, you know, we're going to get situated and we're going to take ourselves up to upstate New York only to find that we were going to do some hiking and Socrates. It's very lovely. So all of a sudden, we're, you know, as we're on the way up there, we record an episode, which is going to be airing next week, and it was Asa's 30th birthday, and uh, we went, and it was a lot of fun, and uh, we did the hike. I've never done a hike like that before, but, you know, we went into the little, uh, little place uh, in the little town, and uh, it was interesting, and, you know, we got some groceries, some some steak, and we made some shrimp scampi, and everybody was super excited about that. And then we called the place, and all of a sudden, oop, my phone just went off, and we called the place, and we said, hey, we just want to make sure that, you know, everything is good. And then all of a sudden... Uh, the guy's like, yeah, you guys can check in. And then he calls back and says, there's a family that has checked into your room. He thought we were the family. Well, no, we're not the family. So uh, last minute, we had to call and uh, find ourselves a place to stay. And we did. We stayed at this little place uh, in near there. And we were able to secure a room, and it was really nice. But, uh, yeah, so we made the best of a situation that could have turned out really horrible. But we had a great time, and then we went to Woodstock, where the famous festival took place in 1969. And, uh, yeah, it was a, a lot of fun. Very cute if you're in the New York area. It's about an hour and a half up so you know it was good um so i just 
finished the book. I'm so glad you're here. I love reading on the train. And I was it's a very good book. So if you get a chance, go and uh yeah. So it's called I'm So Glad You're Here and it's a memoir by Pamela Gay and uh it's it's really good. It talks about know a lot with her family and uh you know dealing with a father who um struggled with mental illness and yeah it's it's not that long of a read it's only about 145 pages uh but i really enjoyed it so yeah so that is a book i highly recommend for you to to listen to or to to read um my next book is uh, maria simple um and i'm going to put a link to that also um i'm so glad you're here um this book is cute it's called today will be different and i've been you know really doing some reading and i love reading on the train and uh she was the author of where'd you go bernadette but this book is cute so um i actually read where'd you go bernadette before they announced the movie and they did a really good job doing the movie um it, i felt like it was pretty replicated of the book so yeah this is a cute book too so i have come to realize that alan bob bob noodle absolutely useless so i'm sitting what am i doing oh i'm like writing something and all of a sudden i see this little mouse cute little mouse he's just walking like he is taking a stroll right and uh i look over at bob and i'm like uh, shouldn't you be doing your job and then he looked all you know, whatever, he looked like, you know, he was ready to get into that fight, and I was like, oh my god, the cat is useless, so, you know, we got a mouse trap, and we put up those little things that sends out a little volume thing, but, um, and to get the mouse away, but, you know, Al and Bob, and then Al's just sleeping, and I'm like, good God, you guys, so, um, yeah, so the mouse, they never caught it, Bob actually caught the mouse, eventually, and, uh, he was playing with it, so I was like, uh, what's, you know, what are you doing here, here at the, you know, the good old apartment, uh, so, needless to say, sometimes when we have cats, they're not always they don't do their job, but he's cute. Um, yeah, so uh, the cat genie, give an update. I love this thing, and I contacted them, and they were so great. And uh, bring on it over at Cat Genie, absolutely love you. And uh, yeah, so thank you for getting us our replacement parts. And you know, it wasn't working, but it was under warning, and they sent it, you know, the day later. and now we're waiting for UPS to pick it up and take the old parts away. So hopefully they will do that today. So thank you, Brianna. You were sweet. Uh, she just asked me some questions, and then I sent her a little video of what was going on. But I will tell you, cat genies are amazing. So if you have a cat, it's well worth the money, right? You just press the button, 
It brings in the water, washes the granules, scoops up the waste. The waste goes into the toilet. Um, and then it just uh, keeps the odor, you know, odor down. Um, so if you go on my website, I now have a blog. So, uh, there was something with my website and I contacted my website guy, but I'm writing blogs now. So in addition to this, and my last one was about, uh, six easy things to try if you're experiencing erectile dysfunction. So, Go ahead and check those out. Share. You never know when somebody's experiencing ED symptoms. So, yeah. Okay. So that's pretty much it. Also, I've been, I wrote a book called Afternoon at Bergdorf's and I am sending it out to a few people. I don't know if it was just fear or what, what has been happening, but I sent it out and I'm really, really excited to hopefully see you know, it will get picked up and, you know, if it does, you'll be able to purchase that. So I'm really, really excited, um, you know, just for that. And I'm working on a few other books, but, you know, hopefully it will get published. So that is my goal. So in the news, oh my God. Okay. So, uh, Florida congressman, right? So this is from, hot new uh hip-hop um said there was this congressman from florida right he's a candidate uh km miller and he argues that uh beyonce is not black she's italian she's an italian woman oh my god what is I mean, my God. So the article said that he tweeted, uh, Beyonce is not even African-American. She is faking this for exposure. Her real name is Anna Marie uh, Lestrasi. Uh, She is Italian. This is all part of the Soros-deep state agenda for the Black Lives Matter movement. Beyonce, you are unnoticed. I mean, oh my God, what? what? <laughs> it's so funny. I, I, I don't know. I, I mean, my God, like people are really scraping to the bottom of the barrel. <laughs> oh God! So poor Beyonce, Beyonce. I don't know if you've responded or not, but it's just kind of kind of funny I don't <laughs> oh good god um so yeah this con- congress guy i mean it's just like it's so strange and people like whatever so uh, maybe she should do her ancestry dna <laughs> i you know anyways baby uh do not worry about um K.M. Miller, if you'd like to see the tweet, I'm just like, oh my god. So anyways, um, thank you, Hot New Hip Hop, for giving me uh, something to chuckle about. Um, but we we love you. It doesn't matter what tone Beyonce is. She could have Italian in her, but my guess is it's 
she's been doing this for a while, her life, and, um, anyway, so we're just gonna move on, so we love you, Beyonce, and we hope that, uh, K.W. Miller gets the help that he needs. I mean, my God, people are, it, it is a crazy world. Anyway, so the Los Angeles Blade, um, the article titled, Corey Becomes the the Gay Mel Karen, okay? And basically it was this guy who went to Fire Island who admits that he had COVID on a video partying at uh, Fire Island's pines right so that's generally over the fourth of july weekend which people go to fire island all year um but then he like was called out on social media you know we have to really watch what we're posting on social media i you know i don't know how old this guy is he seems really young you know i've posted shit when i was in my 20s but you know, I'm going to post the article, but I think here's the thing, right? I think we need to, we need to not be calling people Karens, right? Um, whether it's entertainment value, and of course there are things going on in the world, right? People needing to like call people out, but I, I don't know if that really changes the way people are experiencing the world, right? And um, it comes to entertainment value, and I think we need to use our social media responsibly. And I think it's easy, you know, like, whatever. This guy was out there, probably not best decision. He posts an apology video, which, you know, I I think that that's important but, I mean, I'm seeing stuff like an, a delivery driver followed a woman, started calling her a Karen. I mean, I'm not saying these people don't exist, but I feel sorry for all the people who have legal names Karen, right? Um, but, you know, this can cause people to feel like they're... We need to really be careful. And it's really important that we educate people and that we're sitting there and we're being holding people accountable but also to understand that there is a person on the end of it and you know i've kind of come to this um decision in my own life it's like i listen to stories all day from people's lives and everybody has a perspective right um in their life and that is completely okay but, you know, in order to change the world, we need, and in order to, like, and this is a situation where this guy was being kind of socially irresponsible, and he was probably drunk on the beach, and whatever. But I think when we're dealing with issues of racism, calling people a Karen or accusing somebody, I mean, clearly, like, there are situations and people should be held accountable for their behavior. But I also think that there are better ways that we do it. And, you know, is this a reaction? Is this how do, what's the best way to, to deal with that? 
And I, we have to listen to the story. We don't know the person that's sitting on the other end of that. And clearly some people do use their privilege, right? Specifically, if we look at the woman in the Central Park who called the police knowing that if she said, I'm being attacked by a man, you know, an, uh, an African-American, that, you know, there's consequences with that. But I also think, like, the guy that was chasing the woman down the street, um, you know, it's, it's, he was chasing her down the street, videotaping her, and clearly, regardless of whether she's right or wrong, she's not right, in the, but it became this thing and everybody's calling her Karen, right? And I'm not going to call people Karens, and I think that we need to just, we need to really listen to people's stories we don't know the stories but also you know i don't want to be friends with those karens so but i'm not calling them karen so anyhow um i mean people can like take their life you know and that's really sad um okay so um cnn said that and it's recent right a massachusetts city will recognize polyamorous relationships as part of a two new domestic partner ordinance right uh in uh somerville massachusetts um so polyamorous relationships are relationships that where you have more than one partner right uh, you know, and generally they're romantic, right? Um, but I am in a domestic partnership with my partner, and it means that I can be on his insurance. Uh, we don't file taxes together, but, you know, it's important. So um, you can uh, now, uh, they voted, the city council voted in favor of a new domestic par- partnership o- ordinance, um, and so, I mean, you know, it's, this is, uh, you know, for that community, uh, it's important. So, uh, the world is changing. Um, and then, so in the advocate, right? So a couple weeks ago, I talked about supporting Stonewall, right? Uh, and an article posted by the advocate, there is a company, the Gill Foundation, uh, they uh, gifted Stonewall on their, I believe it was their GoFundMe page, uh, and uh, it's a gay tech company, right? And they donated $250,000, and so now, uh, when I checked last, Stonewall had raised three hundred and eleven thousand dollars four hundred three hundred eleven thousand four hundred seventy one dollars which is great rent per month in new york for businesses is i think uh stacy one of the owners said that it was forty thousand dollars a month right to keep that place operated and as you know obama thank you for uh, recognizing it as a national monument. So that's all I've got. So if you want to go donate, right, again, if you look at that, right, let's just, I'm going to do the math. Uh, this, uh, so you took 
$1 and divided that by 40,000, that can keep them afloat for seven months, right? So it's important. Um, which we think is a lot, but, you know, New York just went into phase three, which means that bars can serve booze, but they can't serve, the people cannot go in the bar, which they're hurting, right? So, uh, it was interesting. Um, so that's good. Yeah. Okay, so now we've got some questions from listeners. So exciting. Thank you to all the people who are tuning in. And, you know, it's it's great. So uh, the first listener wrote in. They said, I met my partner when he was here on business. He lives in Washington. Uh, state and I live in New York. Initially, we thought it was going to be a one night stand, but now a year later, we are still in a long distance relationship. We've talked about closing the distance only to realize that it's much more complicated than just moving. I'm in my sophomore year of college and he has children from his straight marriage. I've thought about moving there after I graduate, but I don't know if I can wait for two more years. Um, long distance relationships are extremely, they can be very difficult. And, uh, you know, I was in a similar situation when my partner and I met. He lived in Los Angeles. I lived here in New York. Uh, you know, we've talked about moving in the future, but, you know, I was in a residency. I was doing, uh, you know, I couldn't just get up and leave. And eventually we, he moved here to New York and it was, it was rough and tough. Like the first year we went from, you know, we met, we kind of met one night at a bar, right? And, uh, then, then, you know, for seven months, we were long distance. And then eventually he moved here uh, to New York City. And, you know, that can be extremely difficult, especially when you are in a long distance relationship. Uh, it's hard. It's rough. You know, some of the things that we did, and I'll talk about some of the things that we did, we would do, and this was before streaming together or like meet up or Zooming, we would sit and find a movie on Netflix and press play together and we would watch it. <laughs> we would cook the same dinner, right? So we would cook dinner, we would cook the same thing. Uh, one Thanksgiving, I was at Thanksgiving dinner virtually, which everybody's doing things virtually now, but you know, I wouldn't eat my dinner alone and he would be there. Um, but it was rough, you know, it was rough being in a different part of the country, right? I was on a different time zone when it was nine o'clock here in the evening, it was six o'clock, which means he wasn't getting home until seven o'clock, which meant 10 o'clock. And then we would spend a couple hours together. I looked like a mess for seven months, 
But eventually we decided to close the distance. And I think you, for you, listener, like, it's rough and tough. And, uh, you know, the, just to be open about what you're feeling. Some people, they choose, you know, to open their relationships. They choose, there's all kinds of things. But I think the number one thing is, is that your relationship is just as special as anybody else's relationship. And, you know, uh, if you're in college, it can be difficult to, like, fly out. Uh, it may be difficult for them to fly to you. You know, he would do, he worked a lot here, so he would fly here. And and it can be kind of rough. So I would say, you know, if you're trying to navigate through, you know, some things and some conversations, you know, couples therapy, lots of couples are doing couples therapy. I've done couples therapy before where, you know, uh, one person was in another state and, you know, they were on business. We would do, you know, couples therapy together virtually. That's amazing. But just hang in there, right? Don't make any rash decisions and have, my question is, is have you asked them? And also if they have kids, that's a little different, right? Um, they might not be able to move. And also, do you want to move to Washington, right? Um, so hang in there. I've know the struggle. I've been in the struggle and eventually it comes to an end. I think the most important thing, the way that these long distance situations resolve is, is there a close date? So, uh, so just to kind of sit there, right. And, uh, to have those conversations, if you need, um, to talk, you can message, reach out to me or, um, there's a ton of people out there that deal with, uh, lots of different stuff. So the most important thing is that you guys are communicating together. Uh, the next listener wrote in, they said, I'm struggling really to connect with what is going on with myself. I'm concerned that there is something seriously wrong with me. It's as if I don't have a sex drive for the first six months of my relationship. I was having a, um, sex two to three times a day. Now it seems like we have it once every couple weeks. I'm wondering if this is normal. Well, normal, we don't natural, right? Let's change that language. Those words, words do have power. Um, yeah, it's totally normal, totally natural. You know, we have this drug that gets released into our brain and love is a drug. And I've talked about this before. And we start to feel like, I can't live without you. You're having sex all the time. You're just, you're there, right? And then eventually something stops. And and that chemical in our brain gets us to go back. That's why we engage in sex. That's why we masturbate. It sounds like maybe you might be moving past the, the, you know, symbiosis stage and moving more into a differentiation stage, right? Uh, I, sex is different for each person, right? But if you're struggling right now, 
it's important to maybe go talk to somebody. So that is my little word of advice for you. It's important that you go out and maybe talk to somebody or, you know, whatever. So, yeah. Uh, The next listener, hopefully that was helpful. The next uh, listener wrote in and says, uh, I prefer masturbation over sexual intercourse. My boyfriend... Well, he says he doesn't really feel like, um, feel like sex. Um, he says that my boyfriend, he says it doesn't really feel like sex if he's not penetrating me. If I'm going to have sex with him, I want to be the one, I want to be the one to top, but he won't bottom. He feels, this feels extremely frustrating as this often leads to fighting about sex. Sex now feels like a chore and I'm wondering if we are sexually compatible. Okay, so, uh, you know, I I believe in versatility. Versatility makes the relationship and, you know, it brings joy. So, uh, for, it sounds like there really is some, it's not that you're incompatible. Maybe you guys need to come to some concessions about what this feels like for you. Okay. That's, that's really important, right? Um, what does this feel like? If some people for sex, masturbation is fine and some people have to penetrate and some people, like if they don't, uh, ejaculate inside of their partner, they don't feel like really connected. This is what I would say. And I think that this is the part where people struggle is that it's really learning how to really understand there is a book and I've read this before for, you know, uh, hold on. My thing is going, hold on just a second. Um, WW, go to this little thing called Google, how to be a better bottom book. Okay. How to be a better bottom. I think this is the book. Under the version of no, that is not the book. Um, no, this is not the book. I've read a book before and it was about um, bottoming and there's some techniques. And if I can find this book, I will, how to be a bottom in the relationship. I don't know. I'll try. I'm going to try to find this, but if I can find the book, I will post it, but it really does give some techniques for trying to bottom. Have you asked them, do they bought like, why don't they want to bottom? Right. It can be a thing of preference, but maybe they've never actually enjoyed bottoming. Maybe bottoming hurts. It really is about communication folks. We've got to, we've got to get, in the communication with our partner because this is important, right? We're sharing an intimate detail about ourselves and the experiences. And so I want to encourage you that um, bottoming 
is completely normal. And, you know, well, some people like to be tops, some people like to bottom. So, and that's perfectly fine, right? But it's finding the balance and being able to do that, you know, sexy dance in the bedroom. So, uh, it's really about communicating. Find out why do, why do they not like to bottom? There may be something specific about it that they just they don't really like it, right? So, uh, it's important that you guys communicate with about it. And I always say, maybe if this is a really big issue, this can feel like a small issue, but it can become very extremely, it can become big. So, I would just encourage you, listener, uh, maybe, maybe if you guys can't have that conversation together to go in and to talk with a therapist, somebody who is queer affirming, just because somebody says they're queer affirming does not mean that they're queer affirming specifically address the issue, uh, about, you know, bottoming, um, and to say, do you have experience working with gay male couples? So, you know, it's important to find a good, good, uh, therapist. Um, so anywho, uh, so hopefully that was helpful for you listener. And I hope that you get to experience versatility in a new way. So I'm going to look for that book and I'm going to find it and I will tag it in the, uh, blog. Um, so the last listener, and this is the last question for today, says, uh, I've recently been out on a few dates with this guy, but every time we kiss, he has bad breath. The problem is, is that he's a smoker and it makes his breath stink. I like him a lot, but I kind of feel grossed out by kissing him. I've tried to hint to him that I don't like his smoking, but his response is, I'm trying to quit. I don't want to hurt his feelings, but I'm at the point where it's either me or the cigs. Okay, it sounds like there's some ultimatums happening here. Uh, Smoking is a hard habit to quit, right? Um... And he may not know. There also could be some other dental stuff going on, right? When's the last time he's had a cleaning, right? But, you know, if somebody is a smoker, it's that taste in their mouth, you know, um, would a mint help, right? Why is it that we have such a... It's like when somebody has halitosis, right? Do we Do we kind of not address it, right? It's like when somebody's flies down, we don't address it or we'll like give them the look and hopefully they figure it out. But, you know, I, I, nobody wants to be telling somebody and hurting their feelings. But my partner, if I have bad breath, I hope that he's going to give me a bent. And if he has bad breath, I'll hand him a mint and I'll say... Would you like a mint? I love it when you... Not that I'm giving out a mint to people that have bad breath, but if I'm getting a mint, I will ask them, do you want a mint? And it's always... Everybody always says yes, and it's always that person who has the bad breath that says no. Nine times out of ten. My experience... 
But I, I digress. So I think the important thing is, is to ask, like, can you date somebody who is a smoker, right? So we want to rule out the health stuff. Maybe they haven't been to the dentist. That could be it, right? But also, can you deal with somebody? Can you deal with this? And this sounds like you're at a point where you're like saying either they stop smoking or, you know, they, or they don't see you anymore. And when we look at smoking, smoking is such a deeper kind of issue. It's an attachment, right? And they may not want to smoke, you know? I was a smoker for years. And I, you know, recently quit. And I've been using the patch. And smoking is a very difficult thing to... I don't know. It's like something has turned off. Like, I will... I don't really think about cigarettes. I I will walk out and I'll say on my balcony and then I go that out there because that's where I would go in the morning first thing. But it is like a, it is a, you, you're enslaved to it. And so I was like, I'm just going to quit smoking. And I was like, I do not want to, I want to be smoke free. So I just, I've, I got some patches. I've been doing, God, been using them for a while. And, um, but until that person comes to the realization that they want to quit s- smoking, I mean, you know, and I feel bad for the people that I used to date for my partner. They can smell like an ashtray, right? But I think the thing is, is you have to ask yourself, can I stay in this relationship? And I am not judgy towards people who smoke. I don't know why people do that. Like people that used to drink and they quit drinking. Now they're judging everybody that's drinking. People that used to, you know, you know, drink lots of Dr. Pepper. Now we're judging people for drinking. Move your judgment zone over there. So this is my thing to you. You could say it in a loving way. It's just to say, or you could do what I do. And my partner would be like, oh, does my breath smell? And I'm like, mm-hmm. And so I give him a met in a very loving way. But it may be like, can, you might just say, I don't want to kiss somebody who smokes. If they smoke, if you smell like it, I don't want to kiss you. It's a real big turnoff. And they, so they could do one thing is they're, they say, okay, I'm going to quit smoking or they, they'll do it behind your back. Right. So maybe it's coming to the middle, maybe until, well, they're trying to quit say, you know, when, when we're together and, you know, I want you to like change your shirt when you've been smoking. I want you to do X, Y, and Z when you've been smoking, right? But also maybe it's to say, you know, maybe after they smoke to use uh, some mouthwash. But that's your personal opinion. I respect that. But just know as somebody who is in the process of quitting, it is very difficult, right? So... Uh, I don't know what the attachment is. I just woke up one day and was like, I am so sick of waking up every morning and having to go out on my balcony 
to smoke a cigarette. Also, smoking does lead to ED, right? Um, it can lead to health problems. I was just getting some, like, pain in my chest, but I'm like, you know, I haven't really told anybody that I'm not smoking, but I'm just feel like maybe that's where I need to not be right now. So, and plus, cigarettes are about $15 a pack in New York. So, if I kind of look at it, I'm just going to do the math. 15 times 365, that's $5,475. And you can get some patches. And that might be something for them, too. Have they tried the patch? The Patchworks Wonders. I get the uh, CVS brand of patches, the generics, and they work just fine. So it's actually cheaper, and I'm saving some money. Um, but it's all about communication and your relationships. So that is where I am at today. So I want to thank all you listeners right out there who've written in who and the people who continue to support this wonderful podcast so um well nobody supports it financially but um you know it's just nice to be able to be able to do this to share with you to be present with you to feel like i'm providing something to the world and i hope that you will share this podcast you can download on spotify itunes I'm hosted through Podbeam, like anywhere, I, iTunes podcast, Apple podcast, wherever, right? Um, so feel free to share, y'all. So anyways, so next week, um, I am so excited. We did the episode in the car. I haven't listened to it yet, but we it's, it's fun. We're talking about sex, having sex in cars, so... I hope that you've been enjoying my sexy fact tips and also my uh, my quotes on the old Instagram, and, and that's where the kids are hip. And so, yeah, so that's kind of it. That's all for today. Uh, I'm going to get off here. So if you want to be a guest on today's show, or you just want to kind of... You know, you have a question, feel free to write me in. You can write it on Instagram. You can write it in, you know, my email. You can go to my website. So, all right. Well, again, today's music is uh, 53 Christopher Street by DJ Chauncey D and Van Hector. Uh, you can download that on Spotitunes, Spotify, iTunes, or wherever you get that music girl so thank you boys uh yeah again my name is dr richard mills and you have been listening to talk sex with death take it away boys Christmas tree, come on down, do you feel the heat? 53, Christmas tree, in New York City. 53, Christmas tree, come on down, do you feel the heat? 53, Christmas tree.